1: Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Man Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'll be able to make friends and just trying to make some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. All right, so I've been coming out here, what, every night for 15 years? And I've never once worn a sweater, cashmere or otherwise. But after still one more record-shattering day, Dow advancing 83 points, S&P gaining 1.02%, NASDAQ pole voting 1.73%, Time for wardrobe change. Why put her on a sweater when it's 80 degrees outside? Because my late mother, Louise Kramer, gave me some great advice many, many years ago. See, Mom loved the stock market. But more than that, she loved gambling. She loved the ponies, particularly the maiden claiming races at Liberty Raceway. Loved the Daily Double. Most of all, she loved the slots. Now, I'm more of a blackjack guy. But Mom, she couldn't go buy a one-armed band at Bally's without throwing away some money. Funny thing, though, she, there's us, Atlantic City. Funny thing, though, she always had good luck at this total game of chance. I'm not talking about a row of cherries here. I'm talking about peaches, plums, even three bars. <coughs> one time, not long before she passed 35 years ago, we went fishing off her favorite pier in Margate, right next to the old Motel Botel, and then headed uptown to resorts. That was the one she wanted to play that night. She was an unstoppable force that day. She pulled and pulled, and I swear, the worst she caught was three lemons. There was a pile of coins so high, I was worried we'd get robbed. Didn't matter, though. She was hot, hot, hot. And then she turned to me. She turned to me, and she said, we're done. We're done? I was incredulous. I had never seen anyone with that much mojo. That was before the mojo word was invented. It was time to press the bet, Mom. You can't leave now. I begged her. You you are on a run. Oh, she shut me down. Jimmy, she tells me, we're out of here. We're going to take some of these winnings and go buy a beautiful cashmere sweater that I've had my eye on forever. I told her it may never be this good again, Mom. She said, "Uh, let others make some money. And then she sashayed over to the cashier window, swapped the coins for Benjamin, a couple other presents. Then we went to the store and bought that darn cashmere sweater. And the lesson has stuck with me for nearly 40 years. Sometimes you got to quit a little while you're ahead. Now, right now, we got the smoking hottest stock market I have ever seen. And it rewards companies for success so generously that it's never, never like any other market I've ever seen. Not like 1998, not like 1999. Not like the insane dot-com explosion up to the second week of March in 2000. And not even like the months leading up to the crash of 87. This bull market is one of a kind. Sui generous. Let's review. Last night, Salesforce reported one of the most spectacular beats of the year. OK, I didn't expect a quarter this big until maybe late next year, especially since the previous quarter was a tad disappointing. Heck, a major firm predicted a sizable we'll miss just last week and slapped the stock with a sell. Yeah, go shoot that piece. Instead, we got the mother of all blowouts. When I interviewed CEO Mark Benioff last night, I figured the stock could value by maybe 10, maybe 15 points. That's a lot. Big cap stock. Just out of the Dow. But given how much it had already run, I doubt it could go much higher. Don't get me wrong, we own Salesforce for the Chapel Trust has been we've been thrilled. We would have been thrilled with 15 points. Not 15 points, no, no. It rallied $56.27. 26%! And that, that's not three bars, that's the whole shooting match. The kind of move that takes your breath away. All anybody could do was talk about it. $50 billion for the good guys. Yeah. Beast. I call it extraordinary. But it's actually not extraordinary. This type of action is becoming par for the course. Take Tesla. Okay, I started pushing Tesla after they converted my non-car person daughter, my car person wife, and myself. I've been worried about the balance sheet, but some very smart people assured me that Elon Musk could raise $2 billion like that. And I didn't exactly like Musk. I mean, the guy who said there was a 50% chance that I'm merely a simulation after I questioned him over some cockamamie idea to power the whole country from one giant solar field in northern Colorado. But the positives became impossible to ignore. So I came out here when Tesla was under $300 and I said, pull the trigger. Bye, bye, bye. I was immediately razzed. I said, some Johnny come lately. I figured better late than never. Now though, with the stock at uh, 2,153, it's up 600% from where I got behind it. I say, I say, Ma, get me some cashmere. These moves are all over the place. Today, Facebook says Apple could crush its business if some new privacy settings are integrated into the next iPhone. It was boring, but I read it. Holy cow. you got to figure Facebook's down, what, 10 maybe 15 bucks on this news? The old Facebook may be down $20. $20. Wrong. Facebook rallied $23. Bucks. It, it, it did because, see, it's now bulletproof Facebook. See, ever since it started embracing small business, the backbone of our country, it's setting up shops initiatives. That was a brilliant move. Helping smaller business people, both in terms of making money, but also in terms of public relations. Facebook's no longer Darth Vader with a privacy-destroying Death Star. Now it's a champion of small business. We need a new Star Wars analogy here. Uh, 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 Let me get back to you. All right, how about the $2 trillion behemoth itself? Yeah, let's talk about Apple. I always say, own it, don't trade it, which is what we've done for the Travel Trust. Now, Apple's about to do a four-for-one split, and I can hear my mom whispering in my ear, Jimmy, sell one of those new shares they're giving you. Oh, she loves splits. They're always splitting stocks. In the 80s, they'd split splitting the Coca-Cola and stuff. She always took some, something off the split-adjusted table. Well, then finally, there's Amazon, a company that's practically tailor-made for this moment. If you told me Jeff Bezos was a time traveler who went back to the 90s, built a company specifically to help us cope with COVID-19, oh, I tell you, you've got to see a shrink. But I'd also get where you were coming from. We have a double on Amazon for the charitable trust, which you can follow on by joining the ActionLawyersPlus.com club. And I'll tell you, I think I need a psychiatrist to hold on to it. Are we taking anything off the table? I mean, Amazon's the best in show. It's the favorite. It's the machine that always pays off. Eh, but we sold a little. Well, how did I feel after we sold a little? How about like an idiot? You always feel like an idiot when you sell anything in this market, right? So why ever ring the register? Why not banish the register? Am I right? Why ever leave the stock casino with some cash in hand? What a waste. Well, it's simple. While stock picking is mostly a game of skill, there's still a very large element of chance involved. Okay, not as much as the slots. but Tomorrow, maybe Fed Chief Jay Powell meets the Toll Brothers headline that I saw today where the head home builders raising prices aggressively and decides the economy's too hot and crushes us in that big speech of his. Maybe our government's borrowed too much money and interest rates start to rise at last as it funds the most debt in history. Maybe the economy rolls over if Congress can't pass another stimulus package next month. Maybe the tensions with China escalate into something more serious than a trade war. We don't know the future. Forget about the stocks, the price. Derby. We, we don't know the future. There's always a chance something bad could happen and those terrific stocks could tank. So I'm telling you, take something off the table. Now, it, it doesn't even matter what the next piece of news is. You know, I actually think we're going to get a lot of good news. I wouldn't be surprised if we get some positive developments on the COVID front sometime soon. Better, quicker diagnostics, therapeutic. Either way, though, there's a large segment of the economy that's on fire right now, uh, even as the vast swaths of the economy are still in very bad shape. And that's good. It doesn't matter. I'm wearing this blue cashmere sweater, which I actually may keep. Uh, and then, by the way, this is the color of Salesforce.com, of their cloud. I'm wearing it because my mom gave me that great advice. Take, take some, just, just some of those winnings. Go buy yourself a sweater. You will never give that part of your profit back. Here's the bottom line. Yeah, it is time to ring the register on part of your position so that you're playing with the, maybe the house's buddy. That's the ultimate. That's the holy grail. Maybe take out what you put in let the rest run. My mom didn't know much about the Fed or interest rates or pandemics or black swans or fat tails or any of that authentic Wall Street gibberish, but she had common sense. And common sense says even if you think you have the hottest hand in the world, when you're up big, you've got to take some profits while you still have them. Look at it this way. It's the responsible
2: thing to do.
1: Greg in Tennessee, Greg.
2: Good day, Mr. Kramer. Uh, good to see you or hear you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I was very interested in your comments on uh, Lindy the other day. And uh, I'm afraid I might be missing something because it looks to me like Air Products is a better investment. Um, uh, Air Products, symbol APD, has a PE about half of uh, Lindy. Uh, it's a well-established and, and consistently profitable company and uh, pays a little bit better dividend. Uh, do you think Lindy is truly a better investment or am I missing something here?
1: No, no, no. You raise a great point, sir. Uh, I I like Air Products very, very much. We had Lindy on. We did not have Air Products. It's kind of like the nature of the actual business that I'm in, the TV business. Lindy came on. I had recommended Lindy 100 points ago. I I believe it was 100. I'm not quite sure. And it's very good. But I'm not going to tell you I don't like Air Products. That's another great company. We recommended both those companies when we did the first piece. But thank you. That's a very thoughtful analysis of the situation.
3: Let's go to Gabe in New Hampshire. Gabe. Hey, Jim. uh, First time call here. So thanks for taking my question. Uh, I'm an aerial drone photographer myself and see a lot of potential for drones to reshape many industries. So I was wondering which of these three ways you suggest to play the market. The first I see would be like investing in a company that provides a service that can utilize drones like Uber and Lyft for urban air mobility or a company that delivers packages like FedEx and UPS. The second way I see would be investing in a tech company that makes the components for the drones themselves like NVIDIA, AMD, or Sony. And the third way, which would be more risky, would be looking for a smaller startup company that just went public, which designs and sold the drones from the ground up.
1: Well, you know, there's never been a really great drone play other than Aero Environment. And this has been a, what I call a football stock. There are people who don't like it. But if you want drones, you know, I mean, I've launched their drones. We've had them on the show. That's the drone play. I myself am not a huge drone fan, but that's the one to be in. All right, look. Mom knows best. Well, guys, there's my sister Nan in there. Uh, sometimes you got to take a little profit am i saying sales am i saying something bad no i am saying that this woman who didn't know a buy from a cell on wall street gibberish knew a lot of she had horse sense on mad money tonight has shopify saved main street amid the covid crisis i'm sitting down with the company and a few of its merchants to help find out how they're doing then i'm talking the man behind the mask the n95 mask that is well you know the N95. I know. It only helps yourself. Okay. It's very selfish. Uh, see while 3M is navigating this uncharted territory, and i got to tell you, this may be the level four. And did the delayed tax filing help push it? I-N-T-U, into new heights? I'm talking to CEO. So stay with Kramer.
0: Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer, hashtag mad tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1 800 743 CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnBC.com. This CNBC podcast is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Investing isn't one size fits all, every investor has a unique style. That's why TD Ameritrade offers two different mobile apps. There's TD Ameritrade Mobile, which lets you manage your portfolio with streamlined simplicity. Or Thinkorswim Mobile, which gives you tools you need for more advanced trades and in-depth analysis. Visit tdameritrade.com apps to find the one that's right for you. Once again, that's tdameritrade.com apps.
1: Man, we got my favorite companies tonight. If you're running a small business right now, there's only one way to survive. You need to go digital. And nobody helps the little guy embrace e-commerce better than Shopify, the Canadian software company that gives smaller operators the tools they need to create their own online stores. Now, I wonder it's one of the best performers in the COVID-19 era. I've been recommending this empowering company, Shopify, since it was still under $100 in 2017. And though it has already, already run to $500 before the pandemic got rolling, the stock's going into overdrive in the past five months. It just made a new all-time high at $1,116, including a monster 5% move today. After yet another analyst initiated coverage with a buy rating this morning, I've got to tell you, if you do have a double or triple here, maybe you take part of your position off the, the uh, house's money, but anything else is pure gravy, so don't do it. Only sell part because the story's too good to miss. You can't miss this one. It's not like Shopify's been roaring for no reason. I they reported a month ago. The numbers came in so far ahead of expectations, it was almost comical. They were supposed to earn a penny per share on 511 million in sales. What did they do? How about a dollar five on 714 million in sales? How the heck is that possible? To answer that question, we need to go directly to the source, who is Harley Finkelski, job by CEO, as well as a couple of clients, which is who I really want to hear from. Sorry, Harley. Marcus Wilson, the co-founder of No Bull Project, a football and athletic, athletic apparel company, and Sarah Payge Yu, she's the CEO. Of blue land which makes eco-friendly cleaning products harley marcus sarah welcome to mad money great to be here all right so harley (laughs) you know i'd love to talk to to your friends but we're gonna have to start with you because i've got to try to figure out and a lot of other people try to figure out if small business is suffering so badly okay how in heck were you able to do such an incredible quarter and what does it say about you and also what does it say about your clients
3: yeah, it's a great question, Jim. Look, last time we spoke, we talked about that the retail world that would have existed in 2030 has been pulled forward to 2020. That e-commerce as a percent of total retail has gone well above 20% up from 15% just a few months ago. So, unequivocally, COVID has permanently accelerated the growth of of online commerce, and frankly, it has changed the entire retail landscape forever. However, it is a tale of two different types of entrepreneurs and businesses. You have the resistant ones. We've talked about them. They right. did not pivot fast enough. They did not adapt to this new world. And frankly, they're hurting. But then you have this entire other category. And we see a lot of them on Shopify, these resilient entrepreneurs and brands. And frankly, Blueland and Noble, they are two shining examples of what resilient entrepreneurs look like. And they've achieved incredible growth on Shopify, uh, 300% and 70% growth year over year, respectively. And frankly, I I think the pandemic has has revealed uh, who are the brands and who are the entrepreneurs who are going to survive and thrive over the next decade.
1: Well, I know that. I said what you were on. I said, now I want to hear from people, real people who use you. And you <laughs> gave us some. We're going to find out what they're up to. Sarah, what challenges has Boolean faced since the pandemic and how has Shopify helped?
4: Absolutely. So, I mean, when the pandemic hit, I mean, we are in the cleaning product. Case, and so we saw a 300 percent surge. And demand early in the pandemic, you know, propelling us, which just got started about a year ago, to doing several million dollars a month in revenue, and we were balancing the surge in demand um, with, you know, significant operational challenges and challenges throughout our supply chain. We had manufacturers that were shutting down, that were slowing down, and interestingly, despite sort of these, you know, huge, huge demand, we actually had to slow down our operations to, you know, ensure the safety of our team, instituting things like split shifts in our warehouses. Uh, But Shopify has really helped us in that, you know, from the beginning, I knew that I wanted to be on Shopify because I wanted wanted us to be able to focus on what we do best, which is developing great cleaning products as well as brand and marketing. And throughout this period, you know, we haven't had to worry about a tech platform. And it's enabled us to go out and be really flexible in our messaging and our approach to our community uh, without having a, having a large. Well,
1: I would say uh, your site and and, a noble project. They look like, frankly, the companies that have been run for years with giant groups of people and designers and if we didn't know any better we'd see their stores on 5th Avenue in the old days so i want to go to you Marcus and I have to tell you in fairness but Sarah I bought $300 gift certificate for you for my yeah. wife and I did the same thing to you Marcus I said this stuff is better looking less expensive than Lululemon and I have to get my wife some <laughs> you have got something going on here for people in this pandemic tell us about so what shop has done for you
5: well, you know, thanks for having me, Jim. And, and this is the first video call I've been on where somebody's wearing a button-down shirt and a tie <laughs> in over six months. Um, so Noble is an athletic footwear and apparel brand for people who train hard and don't believe in excuses. And for us, you know, when uh, COVID hit, you know, our customer base, you know, continued to run. Even with gyms closed. they were setting up home gyms in their garages. They were meeting up in parks and working out and literally having no excuse not to work out. And so we've been very fortunate as a company to be in a space, you know, we're not cleaning products, which are exploding, you know, but growing over 70 percent uh, year over year. It's just been a really exciting uh, time for us. Well, uh, Harley, you know, we had uh, Mark Benioff
1: on, who's just a huge admirer of your list of from Salesforce, and he understands things that and reads everything you say, including in, in your uh, quarterly, you need to have capitalism in the hands of many We need to reverse the era of consolidation. Technology must be democratized. You actually live this stuff, don't you?
3: Yeah. Look, in this new reality, Jim, independent businesses and the entrepreneurs behind them will lead the future of retail. And frankly, Shopify is only successful when merchants like the ones we have on today with us are, are successful as well. And so we're not, we're not seeing that it is a great time to start a business, but it's also a great time to grow a business. And it seems like out of this chaos is coming some clarity from what the future of retail and commerce is going to look like. And it looks like Marcus and it looks like Sarah.
1: You know, I'm a little bummed, Harley, that this, there was this bill in California. It looked good, consumer protection, but mm-hmm. uh, Amazon's gotten behind it somehow, and they really kind of hijacked it. And to me, they've made it so that the people like we're seeing here, Marcus and Sarah, they wouldn't be able to sell stuff into California. But you know what? Who could is Amazon, and they can figure out all the laws. Can this be stopped? This seems like it's nonsense.
3: Yeah, look, we've said this, I've said this before on your show, but we unequivocally believe that for the future of commerce to survive and thrive, it has to be in the hands of the many, not the few. Uh, and, And consumer protection is very important, but it cannot come at the expense of independent businesses who are frankly the backbone of our economy. So Shopify is not a marketplace and therefore we may not be directly impacted by it, but we still believe that the world is better with many entrepreneurs and many independent entrepreneurs and anything that makes it more difficult, we don't think is a great thing. Perfect. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because this should be killed
1: tomorrow. All right. No bull project. I found Morgan's your site incredibly easy to to, uh, to navigate. But I wanted to know, I mean, is it when I bought the gift certificate, how does that work? Because I think, by the way, and I mentioned this because people who want to help small business, the best single way you can do it is with gift certificates. I didn't mention it idly. So how does the process work and how does the payments process work with Shopify versus if you try to do it yourself?
5: Well, one of the things with Shopify is just a seamless uh, effort. So whether it's uh, through a gift certificate or buying something directly online uh, for yourself, it's just literally go to nobleproject.com and uh, shop. And uh, gift certificates, uh, put them in the shopping cart. It's that easy. It's very easy to do. It's very easy to redeem. And these are things that Shopify has been doing uh, for Noble and all the other uh, you know clients of theirs that are using the platform. Uh, for quite some time, making it very seamless so that we can focus on the things that are our core competency, which is making you know athletic footwear and apparel uh, that people love and content to bring it to market. Well, business is the greatest
1: force for social change, the greatest force to be able to make it so people are empowered. I want to thank all three of you. Uh, just a remarkable presentation by all. That's Marcus Wilson, co-founder of, write these down, the No Bull Project, N-O-B-U-L-L. Uh, and then that's uh, co- uh, we've got Sarah PiGiu, CEO and founder of Blue Land, fabulous products that are good for the for the environment, and Harley Finkelstein, COO of Shopify, with one of the greatest stocks and greatest people I've ever seen. Thank you so much, everybody. Really appreciate it. Everybody's back. Thanks for having break. us. Yeah. Thank you.
0: This CNBC podcast is brought to you by TD Ameritrade.
1: We're at a bizarre moment where the averages are breaking out to, to new highs, but not because people are betting on the recovery place. The move's been driven by the COVID winners, not the industrials that thrive when the economy's expanding. Every time the stocks with more economic sensitivity start climbing, we wonder if this will finally be the rotation that lasts. And every time investors give up after a few days to swap right back into tech. Take 3M, a conglomerate that makes everything from industrial equipment to healthcare gizmos, safety gear, consumer products like post-it notes or scotch tape, and of course PPE, yes, protection gear. It, their business is definitely doing a lot better. It reported not great a quarter of a month ago, but then we've been learning that July numbers were incredibly strong. And the stock's doing better. It's up 44% from its March lows, even though it's still down roughly 4, 7% for the year. So what needs to happen for investors to get excited about stocks like this? Again, stocks with a great dividend and long track record. Let's check in with Mike Roman. He's the chairman and CEO of 3M. Get a better sense of how his company is holding up and what the future might look like. Mr. Roman, welcome back to Mad Money.
2: Yeah, thank you, Jim. Great to be on Mad Money. I'm happy to be with you today.
1: Well, Mike, I'll tell you, it's great to see you. The July uh, numbers were great. I've always believed this. When you have a, a recession... When you have a tough time in this country, the company that comes out of it the strongest and the best, for all the times my father used to rep 3M products, it has always been 3M. Is it going to happen again?
2: Hey, Jim, we have momentum right now. We have momentum from the performance you saw in second quarter. We delivered strong cash flow, strengthened our balance sheet, executed well in in a difficult environment. And now, as you highlighted in your intro, We're seeing sales improve in our July numbers. We saw positive organic local currency growth in July, and we're publishing those monthly sales reports. So so our investors get to see that month by month.
1: Well, uh, I guess if you can, I mean, August, pretty good.
2: Well, we haven't finished August yet. It's not done, and, and we haven't published the numbers yet. But we continue to see the end markets improving. You know, we saw in our July numbers, we saw sequential improvement. Of course, we're seeing strong demand in, in our personal protective equipment, our respirators. Uh, we see continued strong demand in home improvement. We're starting to see in July elective procedures come back in health care, in oral care, adding to our growth. Our growth in July was led by health care and consumers, so that that demand there is improving. It was also led by the U.S. and China, and it, it, we're seeing, I would say, broader Improvements in those end markets as we come through July, and we continue to see areas like elective procedures improving as we as we go into August. Well, I think let's talk about
1: healthcare for a second because you made an acquisition of a company I've known for years, a great company. But then we almost stopped doing anything healthcare other than COVID. So all the great procedures, you know, the great work they do with procedures, it, it didn't necessarily work yet. But it, it's really coming on strong now, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it, our acquisition of Sality, which took place fourth quarter last year. We had made great progress. We had uh, very good early results as we brought it in and integrated into 3M. And then COVID hit and all elective procedures were impacted by that. We saw that broadly across our, our medical device business, our medical solutions. We saw it in oral care, especially strong. That's coming back. And we expect Acelli to be a strong contributor as elective procedures come back. So it's we're really excited about it. It's it's really a, a great addition to our medical solutions business and and will help lead growth as we move forward.
1: In the meantime, the personal protective gear, I guess there really is no end to how much this country and the world needs. And you probably are the most important cog in that whole industry.
2: Well, Jim, a priority in the middle of COVID for us has been fighting the pandemic and fighting it from every angle, which starts with the leadership that we need to provide in the area of personal protective equipment. And and we've been ramping up the production of N95 respirators to meet the needs of healthcare workers, first responders at the front lines. We've we've done an incredible amount of increase in capacity. So midway through the year, by the end of June, we had delivered to customers over 800 million N95 respirators globally and over 400 million in the US. And we're continuing to add to that. So by the end of the year, we'll have delivered over 2 billion globally and 1 billion in the US so it it continues to be front and center with that fighting the pandemic from every angle it's 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 an important place for us to lead.
1: I know when I talk to people about the stock, I say, listen, they did their same. You're the dividend aristocrat, probably the best there is in this country. And they'll say to me, well, Adam, how about this groundwater issue? I said, go look at their annual. Go look at They're the most upfront. You are detailing everything. And you've made it clear. And you've eliminated, to me at least, a lot of the fear. Are people starting to get their arms around the fact that this may be something that is, you know, it's going to be bothered. But it's not anything threatening.
2: Well, in a situation like this, it's never been more clear that the 3M model provides tremendous strengths to succeed across any environment, but in a difficult environment like this. It's really a model where we built our capabilities close to customers, our manufacturing supply chains, our innovation, so we can bring our science and innovation to the opportunities that are there. It enables us to really perform well. And then we We execute well. And you saw that in second quarter where we executed in our operations despite uh, the economic impact from the lockdowns, the pandemic lockdowns. We executed well in and it showed up in cash flow. It showed up in the strengthening of the balance sheet. These are hallmarks of 3M in these times.
1: Now, uh, I am an actual, probably one, maybe you or the other, Larry Cudlow, my old friend also believes, and Stephanie Lake. And I regard this as a lot of smart people that autos are on the cusp of a major breakout here. We're seeing it in used cars going away because they're all being bought. We know that people are reluctant to ride mass transit. is a shame. They don't necessarily want a carpool. That means they need, they need cars, and they're starting to buy them, and that is great for 3M.
2: Yeah, automotive is a very important business for us and it touches multiple businesses across our industrial safety industrial business group and we did see sequential improvement as as we came into July automotive is improving you're seeing signs of that globally we saw strength in China in automotive and it is really important for us. It's a place where innovation is also making a difference. And so areas like automotive electrification continues to be a top priority for us, a, a growth driver. And we're seeing that improvement as well. And and we continue to, to invest in the future. While we're managing through the, the uncertainty of COVID, we are investing in the future and, and where there's innovation opportunities like automotive, like automotive electrification, that's where we're focused on on taking advantage of of opportunities that are, are coming forward. And and we agree. We think we're going to continue to see sequential improvements.
1: How about work from home? I mean, you have a number of products that I always have at my home office. When you start a home office, don't you buy 3M products?
2: Well, there's, there's a number of trends in COVID that are really important to, for us to be focused on. Of course, digital is driving many things and accelerating e-commerce, digital tools helping us work from home. And we're... Taking full advantage of those we've we've been working to digitize three m more broadly and and that's accelerated under Covid. There's also this trend that people are spending more time at home, so they're investing in their homes, home improvement projects, really thinking about their environment, and we're seeing opportunities and strong demands in our our construction and home improvement business, our DIY business, our cleaning and disinfectant business, and we are really rapidly going after innovation opportunities there. We are in the middle of COVID, everything gets accelerated, including right. Cycle right. to bring new products to the marketplace. And I, uh, that's a great area for us to be taking advantage okay.
1: of. Okay, one last thing. I, I know that uh, my friend Mark Banef, and I'm calling my friend because we're in business <laughs> together when it comes to charity. And we both agreed that we got to get uh, not better mass but masks that people will wear. Because we knew you couldn't do better than the 3M N95. That's a registered and very heavily regulated business. But we want people to wear masks because if everybody wears them, we do better. And and, uh, we've been involved in an organization called XPRIZE. And I know we keep referring to Honeywell, too, but how great your masks are. And I just want to tell you, we're not going to get your mask. We just want a mask that people will put on when they go to the store or when they go out to lunch.
2: Yeah and Jim we're with you and and clearly N95s and continue to ramp up production there deliver those to the healthcare workers that need them is critical but there is an opportunity to innovate more broadly in masks we we all should be wearing masks and many times there are government guidelines and regulations to do that and so coming up with new designs for masks is is a big opportunity. Our, our consumer business is working on innovation around around new masks that people can wear. Not N95 respirators, but the masks that we would wear as consumers. And we're excited to partner with you on XPRIZE. We think the broader innovation that's going on is exciting. We are looking forward to be part of it. We're gonna be driving our own innovation. So I, I look forward to partnering with you and, and Mark Benioff on the XPRIZE and, and Really sponsoring well, th- even additional innovation well,
1: there. Well, thank you, Mike. I mean, we know that it's the why the numbers started getting better in the country. It was mass. Not that hard. Well, Mike, look, I got to tell you, I think this is going to be another time coming out of recession where it's 3M that you got to buy. Except for this time, you're getting it a discount. Usually, it's already at a premium. Thank you so much, Mike Roman, Chairman and CEO of 3M. Great to see you again, sir.
2: Thank you, Jim. Have a great day.
1: I'm going to put this one right on my bullpen list for ActionLordsPlus.com. Uh, we can't buy yet obviously because we just talked but this is what I this is what I needed to hear for a good yielder and a business that's coming back and even Steve Tusa been a critic at JP Morgan knows that I, the last note at least the turn is here that money's back in. I love it when our favorite stocks just keep winning. Take Intuit, the financial software company behind TurboTax, QuickBooks, Mint, and Turbo, all of which make life easier for individuals and small businesses. Now, we've been huge fans of Intuit for ages. It's a play on the digitization of everything. And the stocks give you some incredible long-term performance. This thing's up more than 300% over the past five years. But when COVID hit, Intuit plunged from the 300s to the 180s in a matter of weeks. Because who needs QuickBooks if your small business goes under? Who's going to pay for TurboTax when you're unemployed? Then it came roaring right back. Because if you do need help with your accounting or filing your taxes, you can't do it in person during a pandemic. You need software. You need Intuit. Sure enough, when we last spoke to the company three months ago, the stock had already rebounded to 282. Since then, it surged to 342, including another truly uh, 2% gain today in the wake of a fabulous quarter. Numbers were staggering. Intuit earned $1. eighty-one per share. Wall Street was only looking for a little bit more than a dollar, with much stronger than expected sales, driven by both the consumer and small business divisions. Turns out the pandemic... <laughs> Maybe okay here. At one point the stock surged at 360, although it only gave up most of those gains. And that was just profiting. So is it too late to buy this one? Let's take a closer look with Susan Ghadarzi. He is the bankable president and CEO of Intuit. To find out more about his quarter and his company's prospects, Mr. Goodarzi, welcome back to Mad Buddy. Hey, Jim, how are you? Great to see you and thanks for having me. Well, of course, I have to tell you, you got to solve a riddle for me. Everyone tells me, and I'm also aware because I'm a good client of yours, that small business is, in many places, hurting. How could you do these numbers if small business is hurting as badly as we think?
6: Well, you know, first of all, Jim, as you know, small businesses uh, are hurting. uh, But what this environment has really created an opportunity for us to be far more meaningful and relevant uh, for our small businesses, you know, we're helping them get paid faster. We're helping them uh, with loans when they need it. Uh, We're helping them stay organized so they can manage their cash flow, which is really what uh, matters most. Uh, And, you know, small businesses are resilient. They're an inspiration to the globe. They're inspiration to the economy. And uh, they're really sticking it out. And we're finding
1: ways to help them in these very tough times. At the same time, uh, your individual tax filing, I mean, You really couldn't leave in a pandemic, and you needed help, and you needed artificial intelligence, but you needed virtual reality. You gave everybody everything, didn't you?
6: Well, I tell you, this was, as you know, a very uh, unique tax season uh, as it was extended uh, because our consumers were just in pain across the the globe, but particularly in the U.S. And it was an incredible uh, season. Uh, You know, IRS filings minus the stimulus filings were up 3 to 4%. We had the fastest category growth that we've had in 15 years, and our customer growth was the fastest that it was in four years. And it was primarily because we gave folks the opportunity to be able to do their taxes in the comfort of their home with an expert in their pocket, engaging them any which way they needed it so they could file their taxes with confidence and get their largest refund. So it was, a, it was an exciting season and uh, very proud of our team and, of course, humbled by the many consumers that gave us the opportunity to serve them.
1: And people also came to you for PPP. They did. They did. You know, first of
6: all, you know, kudos to the government to make the Paycheck Protection Program. Something that's uh, making uh, uh, small businesses thrive in a time like this. And we were able to provide about uh, $1.2 in loans to small businesses. It actually saved 220,000 employees on the payroll. And so we're just grateful to have the opportunity to help small businesses. It was, uh, it was an interesting time.
1: OK, so son, one of the things that gave me great uh, hope because the market's up a lot and I get nervous is something that you said on the conference score. you said we're now seeing recovery trends across our platforms uh, and, and it's pretty much in, in many of the different areas. So things have gotten better in, in business, right, sir, in the last few months.
6: They have. And, Jim, I would just say it depends on the industry and geography. You know, for instance, we're seeing uh, strong recovery in places like real estate, computer and software, landscaping, uh, and bookkeeping. Uh, And the the areas where we're seeing slower recovery are places like fitness, education services. Uh, And so it just depends on what industry they're in. You know, restaurants is very slow recovery. And then it's varied by state. You know, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, uh, we're seeing actually fairly fast recovery, but places like New York, California, Washington, Michigan, slower recovery So it just depends on what business you're in and what geography that you're in. But not that. Overall, there is a recovery. It's not at pre-COVID levels. uh, But small businesses are just incredibly resilient. They're finding ways to be able to serve their customers.
1: As a QuickBooks client who has an indoor restaurant in New York, I can tell you it's very difficult to do business when they won't let you. Okay, so now there's something you talked about that I want to hear more about it's about mega channel. It means managing finances. It means uh, intuit cash. Basically, you're doing the things that I need you to do because I really only want one provider. You're my bedrock, and I just want you to handle everything. You're starting to branch out more.
6: We are. Well, first of all, Jim, we'll have to get the uh, the, the product in your hands uh, so you can give us uh, direct feedback. But in essence, uh, as you said, we just launched uh, QuickBooks Cash, and and really. This is a place where you can send and receive money. And the, really the intent is that if you invoice a customer, your money just gets deposited in QuickBooks Cash. If you want to uh, pay an employee, it gets uh, really you pay your employee out of QuickBooks Cash. If you want a loan, we can see your money coming in and, and money going out and we can give you uh, a loan. While at the same time, your money is actually getting pretty good interest. And, and we're doing the accounting in the background for you because it's all happening uh, in the app uh, in one place. And we think it'll be revolutionary because the feedback we get from our customers, clients like yourself is, hey, can you do everything for me and help me with my cash flow? And now in one place, all the money coming in and going out is going to get reconciled automatically and we'll help you manage your cash flow. And so we're excited to learn, we're excited to scale the product. Uh, and I think it's going to be very meaningful for small businesses.
1: Well, I, I know everyone's going to sample it. And for those of us who are tired of having five providers, it would be a pleasure since I have to do this stuff now. Anyway, thank you so much to <laughs> Susan Gadarzi, CEO of Intuit. Thank you so much. Good to see you, sir. Thanks, Jim. Thanks hey, for having me. Hey, look, Mr. Ghadarzi's put up some great numbers, even though it's at an all-time high. This one, if it comes down even a little bit, you might want to buy something. That money's back here for the break. It is time. It's time for the lightning round. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Okay, Skate. Daddy, coming Time for the lightning round. Let's start with Daniel in Florida. Daniel. Look, chill, James. How we doing? I'm chilling, partner. What's going on with you?
6: So the stock that I'm wondering about is CCXX. They combined with Multiplan in the largest stack ever to date, with a valuation of over 11 billion dollars and expected adjusted EBITDA north of 860 million dollars. With clients like UNH, Cigna, and Aetna, I want to know what you think of Multiplan.
1: No, I mean I thought that this is one of the more credible in this stack space. I know Gary cohn has got one going too. I like the Uts one, but you know what? In the end, I'm gonna—I'd like to see some numbers. I don't think it's going to run away, but, um, yeah, plan, that is a good one. is be a very good company. Let's go to Vito in Florida. Please, Vito. Good, good afternoon. How are you today? I am good, Vito. How about you? Not fair. Down here in Redneck Riviera. I'd like to know about a little R.S.R.D.S. Well, well I'll tell you, my friend, who for someone who spent a lot of time in the Golden Great 98, I don't want you touching Royal Dutch. Why? Because it is an oil company, and you can do better than that. You say hello to my friends in Panama City. Let's go to Steve in Massachusetts. Steve. Hey, peace and love, Jim. What's going calling on? I'm calling from Fall River, Mass., hometown of Lizzie Borden. I'm calling about the stock LCA. Should I buy more or chop away at it? Thank well, that's, you, Jim. That's Tillman. I mean, look, I have to tell you, it's just like it's funny because it's like Marcus Limonis. I said, I like that guy. His stock made a big move. I like Tillman. This thing's been just flying. Tillman's so right about New York. Well, can you tell me what to do with the restaurant, Mr. Mayor? Uh, but yeah, I like I like Tillman. I'm not going to go against that guy. He's made too much money for people. Let's go to. Hey, he's also a very nice guy, by the way. Let's go to Clark in Florida, please. Clark.
2: Hey Jim, how you doing? Clark I'm doing from well, Belterson, Clark. Florida, long, long time listener, first time caller. I uh, wanted to ask you a question about Inseego, INSG. If you feel as though it's a good buy in the long term.
1: No, I like insego I mean, I, I, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's another 5G play. There's a lot of them around, but it's good. Let's go to Linda in New York, please, Linda.
0: Hi, Jim. Hi, Linda. Well, my question is, grow generation. It's been going down. What's going right, well, on this with the This stock company?
1: has been manipulated. All right, that's okay. It's a charge. I made it. All right. You can say it was manipulated up and manipulated down, but it is in the hands of the shorts right now. Uh, it's gripped by that. Even the, and I'll tell you, you're going to get a good example of what the stock really could look like. The Steeple came out tonight. Very honest firm with a, with a buy. I think it's ridiculous down here, cheap. I thought it was ridiculous, too high, 22. It was up 22. We are 16 to 22 because we talked about it a couple of nights. But I happen to believe in the company. The bears don't. You got to make up your own minds. Read the Steeple piece. Let's go to Greg in Illinois, Greg yeah, Mr. Kramer. Booyah. How are you doing? All right. How are you? Good. I've been watching you for decades. Oh, thank you. And I'm wondering what you think about one okay. I don't like any pipeline uh, company. That is a better one because Walter Hulse is an old buddy of mine. He's a CFO. they managed to raise money at a really unbelievably good price. That said, no, I don't represent. I, no pipelines, period. End of story. And that, ladies and gentlemen, conclusion of the lightning round.
0: The lightning round is sponsored by T.D. Ameritrade.
1: A little over a year ago, I created a new acronym for the only major retailers worth owning, at least at that moment. It's called WATCH. That's Walmart, Amazon, Target, Costco, and Home Depot. Hence the orange. Tonight, though, I'm telling you that WATCH, as great as it is, might not be enough. Don't me wrong, these stocks have performed beautifully, especially since COVID-19 hit. Walmart's crushed it on the grocery front and the delivery front. Amazon's the perfect way to play the pandemic like it was tailor-made for the moment. Target had the best quarter of any retailer. Because of its fabulous order online, pickup, store setup, its terrific shipped delivery service, and its tremendous private label, assortment, congratulations, Brian Cornell. Costco, by the way, was the first chain to make customers wear masks, and it turned out to be the safest place to shop. Wide aisles, excellent social distance, and discipline. Meanwhile, Home Depot's on fire thanks to the stay-at-home economy and the stampeding bull market in housing. But now that nearly all the retailers have reported, there's some new winners here that should have some staying power, too. For example, Best Buy was able to put up excellent numbers, even when you couldn't go inside. It was merely just a takeout place for electronics. Yeah, stocks moved, but I, I get it. It's, it's roaring now. Lowest prices, best selection. This morning, Dick's Sporting Goods knocked it out of the park with an incredible quarter driven by 194% gain in e-commerce. 194. Great curbside pickup and massive 4 to 50 basis point gross margin expansion didn't hurt either. No wonder the stock surged 15%. It was worthy of it. The great thing about Dixon Best Buy, neither sporting goods nor electronics were deemed essential when we went into this lockdown, which meant their competitors got pancaked. Sad. True. Happened. They're each pretty much the last man standing in their respective categories. Who else? grow the phenomenal move in Lowe's. For years, this company played second fiddle to its ancient rival, Home Depot. That's no longer the case. Two years ago, Marvin Ellison took over as CEO, and he's done an amazing job of turning the ship around, making stores cleaner, friendlier, and more, per- welco- more welcoming to professional contractors. That's the big thing this year. Now he's turning his attention to the digital side. I think you will give Home Depot a run for its money. Ellison tells me his stores in the southeast are bracing themselves to help customers whose lives could be torn asunder by the upcoming Hurricane Laura. The stock made a new high today, but I still like it up here. And may I say that Home Depot's always been incredibly generous and, and a terrific place for anyone in one of these terrible hurricanes. Then there are the dollar stores. They never skip the beat. While they're already run a good de- great deal, I think they can run a great deal further. Finally, how about the miraculous Urban Outfitters? Even before the pandemic, this company was struggling, but they just managed to pivot literally intra-quarter and through sheer brainpower managed to deliver double-digit gains in the e-commerce business. Very impressive. The stock ran 21% and it kind of captures the news. Of course, most of retail isn't working. Neither Kohl's nor Nordstrom really gave you anything to hang your hat on. Both were trumpeting their cash positions, for heaven's sake. Nordstrom was packed. Particularly disappointing across all divisions, online as well as offline. It takes a lot to be that bad, even for a mall-based retailer. With calls and Nordstrom, you got to ask yourself, what is the reason for being? If they didn't exist, would it make any difference to you at all? I say that as someone whose parents worked for gimbals and Litz, two long-forgotten department stores that used to be kings of Philly. Going into this quarter, my mantra was that retailers either had to be online or off-price. You either have a great digital presence or you have great bargains, or you're toast. Well, this was the quarter where the brick-and-mortar off-price plays stopped working. As best to read, TJX missed terribly. Trouble getting the right merchandise. No digital exposure to speak of. A real disappointment. We had to, to, to cut the position for our travel trust. Only Ollie seemed to be running the off-price brick-and-mortar gauntlet successfully. Elbrand Brand succeeded because it can unlock value, namely the excellent Bath & Body Works business, which, which can stand alone. It'd be better off without Victoria's Secret. Gap Stores rallies here as a breakup play, too. I see save it. I I don't want breakup plays. I want growth. And that means Watch, along with Best Buy, Dick's, Lowe's, the dollar stores, and maybe Urban Outfitters on a pullback. Stick with Kramer. Let's go back to some Louise Kramer common sense. Bulls make money. Bears make money. Hogs, they get slaughtered. I am not saying I think the market's going to go down. I think we're going to get some good news on the vaccine front. I think the economy's doing better than we thought. A lot of the companies we speak to are doing unbelievably well, including Shopify and Tuit. I think 3M's a buy. All that said, I think that when I look at prices, I say to myself, how about some common sense? How about we do some selling? It's not a curse word. You will look wrong if you do some selling. Now you'll look wrong. Maybe not later. Like I said, there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Kramer and I will see you tomorrow.